What a win for the pack, beating Wake Forest 83-76 after trailing by 10 in the second half. And what just an absurd game it was on all levels. Officiating, coaching, the game itself, the players. It, oh my God, it's just, just a ridiculous game. Not a stupid game since, you know, we won. But my God, welcome back to Believe in the Wolfpack. And, I mean, that, that was just unbelievable. I don't even know where to start with this game, truthfully, but that's actually kind of why I'm not going to start with this game. I'm going to start by giving credit to to the big men, DJ Burns, Ben Middlebrooks, and Mo Diara. Today's mostly going to be yeah men's basketball coverage, and the women's team didn't have a game. They play, I believe, uh, tomorrow against Miami, so we got another day. Uh, or, well, if you're listening to this, it all depends. But regardless, I, I, I want to talk about the big men real quick. I want to talk about Middlebrooks, Diara, and DJ Burns because, I don't know, hey, like I feel like I talk about the centers a lot, and I've talked about these guys individually, but, I don't know, just as a group, as the three centers, yeah, they're listed as forwards, but as the three centers of the Wolfpack, they all bring something different to the table, and I love Love it. DJ Burns is the starter. He is the starting center. He had 10 points, two rebounds, two assists last night with three turnovers and one personal foul. I'm not even worried about just this game. I'm not even – what I'm going to say doesn't even apply to just this game. It's just overall for these guys. But the fact that they all bring something different and you can bring in Mo Diara and Ben Middlebrooks off the bench, that is massive. That's going to give those other teams big men and even their their taller forwards different looks, and they're going to have to think more. And They're going to have to think, how am I going to attack this guy? What am I going to do here? Okay, Burns is on me. What am I going to do? Okay, but then Middlebrooks comes, and then Diara comes in. It's always something different on how you attack them and then how you guard them. So starting with DJ Burns, DJ Burns, Probably the best scorer of the bunch, I would imagine. Definitely has the softest and the best touch around the rim. And I got to tell you, he hit another one of those kind of when they're going right to left. Yeah, when they're going right to left and he's closer to the bench. He's on the opposite side block from where the view is. He hits a little turnaround jumper from the baseline. He got that lefty shotgun. Oh, it is beautiful. It is just beautiful if there's ever another time we need a, a, a late game make I mean, we're gonna go to dj burns or dj horn D- burns has proven that he can knock him down um but man i would love to see one of those just cash right as the buzzer sounds Oof, that would be unbelievable i think i would just post a half hour show of just that clip playing because i will it, it, it all i'd be watching but back to burns he's probably the best scorer of the bunch he can do it a bunch of different ways. He's got great touch. Even when, you know, whoever the other defender is, the other center in these last few games, if he plays great defense against Burns, Burns can still just kind of flip it up, touch it right off the glass, a little left-handed post hook, because he does have that obviously wide body frame that you throw up the, 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 the arm that you're not holding the ball with. You can either draw the contact or you already have somewhat of space to just go up with it and just drop it in. He's done it more than enough for it to be kind of a go-to for him. It's like, all right, you know, I tried this post move, but he didn't really bite. He didn't really move. He still has good positioning. 
eh, let me just toss it up. Oh, hey, wow, perfect. <laughs> it's just <laughs> maybe not more often than not, but he's probably shooting the little like you know contested post hook at like a fifty percent clip. Uh, I want to say, and then still the my favorite part about his game is the way that he distributes the ball and that he's, uh, you know, a, a point center. I like to call him. He's a playmaking center. He's so patient with it. He gets the ball in that mid-high-low post, and he's just backing a guy down, backing a guy down, waiting, holding the ball on his hip. Sees a guy cutting. Sees a guy, you know, a double team comes. Boom, immediately gets it away. He can read a double team like no other, and he just passes it. Boom, someone cutting right in the paint. Someone on the opposite side wing cashes a three. I can't remember who it was, but it was the same play where he was double team last night. I want to say it was Dennis Parker, maybe more sell. I, one of them maybe. And they just cut right in the lane as the double team's coming for Burns and Burns just reads it perfectly. Gives off the pass. It couldn't have been an easier layup. And it's just, it's such a rarity to have a big man like that where a big man, pardon me, a big man like that where, he can just, he's so smart with the ball and he's got such a good handle on it. Obviously, so many centers, it's like you see them dribbling and sometimes it's like, please stop, please stop. You're not going to just, every anytime you put the ball on the floor, something bad happens. Just pick it up. But now nah, for Burns, I, I trust him all day long. I trust him the same with the ball on the floor as I do Jaden Taylor, DJ Horn, Dennis Parker, any of the guards, forwards, any of the ball handling guys, uh, uh, Michael O'Connell. I was looking at Middlebrooks because I'm still looking at his stat line, and I was about to say him. But, yeah, Michael O'Connell, too. Like, I trust all those guys just as much as I trust DJ Burns. But moving on to Mo Diara. Mo Diara had a phenomenal game as well before he got ejected in a little scuffle, which, all right, I'll get to that right now. Uh, Kevin Keats tossed because I'll get to it real quick. It's all anyone's been talking about, so it's nothing really new. But Kevin Keats tossed in the first half for arguing. Uh, and then Ben Middlebrooks, he got a technical foul. So that was his fifth foul. He had to sit out because he was kind of drawn with somebody from Wake Forest. And then Diara comes in and kind of escalates it a little bit. And then he gets tossed and he's done for the game. And there was like a minute left in the fourth quarter or second, second half. I will always say fourth quarter when I mean the end of a game, I have no idea why it is just the first thing I think of end of the game, fourth quarter, whatever. Um, but yeah, he gets tossed with like a minute left. And honestly, I never have a problem with something like that. Like, it's it's kind of like in football in me, it, to me. When, you know, if the quarterback is getting hit out of bounds or if somebody, any player, gets hit late, I want to see those offensive linemen, those defensive tackles. I want to see everybody coming in to back up your guy. Get in the face of whoever hit him, whoever pushed him late, whoever hit him late, and kind of just make sure he knows, like, hey, dude, like, no, we're not going to tolerate that. I'll take a 15-yard penalty especially late in the game for DR. Yeah, maybe an ejection is a bit much, but I'll take a 15-yard penalty. I'll take a foul, give them some free throws because of it. I'll take that all day long, as long as you're backing up your teammates and you're showing that you're a good teammate because that act means a lot more than whatever the consequence of it is, whether it is the 15-yard penalty or some free throws, whatever kind of foul. It doesn't matter. I'll always prefer that you know if you're gonna not back up your guy because you don't want to get a penalty no 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 go go back him up I'll that's fine it shows you're a good teammate shows you care it shows that you want to play with your guys and you care about them but back to Mo Diara who had eight points 
15 rebounds and two steals in the game last night. It was three for four from the field. I mean, he is just going off of, you know what I'm saying, how it's three different big men. Diara is just this athletic. He's so tall. He's so long. He's so athletic. He can guard nearly anybody and everybody. He's always going to get some kind of shot contest. And honestly, it feels like and it looks like he's just gaining more confidence as we go. I kind of talked about how I wanted to see, you know, Cam Woods and Dennis Parker start to gain confidence as the season moves on. But really, it's been Mo Diara who seems like he's kind of gaining a ton of confidence because he still has a decent shot on him as well. He made a few threes in that uh was the UNC game. I think it was the yeah, I think it was the UNC game he made a pair of threes. So it's like, all right, like you know, if, if, if needed, if he's wide open and we need a shot, give it to him. Why not? But he's definitely the best rebounder on the team. I mean, he had 13 rebounds yesterday. That's incredible. But again, he's so tall and so athletic and so long. He's got such a long wingspan. And it's just, he's play, he played 25 minutes last night off the bench. That's great. Earlier in the year, I was talking about how, you know, there really wasn't much uh, bench uh, production from the bench. And you kind of need that. You kind of need that in these tougher games. You need a spark off the bench. And last night it was both big men, plus Michael O'Connell, who again has been playing very well the last few games, I think. But no, Diara has been incredible. And then finally, Ben Middlebrooks. Perfect from the floor last night. A massive bucket and a foul towards the end. Yeah, he fouled out, but he still had 14 points, six boards, and a steal. One of his better games, if not his best game all year. And he's just, again, he's so different than what Burns and DR can bring you. Middlebrooks is more of a traditional center to me, where he's going to work in that pick-and-roll offense very well and we saw that last night he's a good defender he's another solid rebounder but he just also has great like I don't think on the same level as Burns but he also has great post moves and just great kind of composure when he's down on that low block and he can finish through contact again like we saw last night he can finish through some contact he's a stronger guy as well but his little pick and roll game with Horn with Taylor with O'Connell it's it's probably the he's probably the best pick man, you know, on the team. Of the centers, he's probably the best with it. I mean, it's kind of all fluid to a point, but he was great last night and he's been very good in the pick and roll um the the last few weeks, I think. But again, going 5 for 5 from the field and playing 20 minutes, that's going to help your case as well. And just being a being a tough finisher at the rim is such a is such a nice skill to have. Some guys, it's like they feel an ounce of contact. Someone grazes their arm and they're flailing. Like it, sometimes, like I don't know, you'll see a guy who's driving to the rim and they only kind of go up for a shot because they think they can draw the foul or they are getting fouled. That's not the same with Middlebrooks. He's going to go up and he's going to try to make the shot every time. He's going to try to get a good look every single time. He's not going to just run up and, you know, throw like a chicken wing arm out and try to grab a foul that way. No, he's always going to try to just fight through the contact and finish through the contact, which he did last night. Uh, One thing the Wolfpack did not do last night is make a three. And I don't mean that 
figuratively like, oh, they were two for 12 or they were like three for 17. No, no, no. They were 0 for 8. They were 0 for 8 from beyond. They still shot 53% from the field and they had uh, 25 made free throws. 25 of 33 from the free throw line. So that'll make up for not making a single three ball. But at the same time, this is kind of the second game where the shooting has not been there. And again, you outscored Wake Forest by 17 in the second half. You came back down 10 and you didn't make a three. Just imagine if you could knock in a few. This game wouldn't have been close. It, we would have been leading the entire time. But this is the second game. This is in the Notre Dame game where it's like they just go absolutely cold from beyond the arc. And that game they were cold all around. But to that negative, the positive being this is the second game where, you know, they didn't play their best ball and they didn't really look that good in the first half, I thought. But they still pulled out a win. They're 5-1. and one. In conference play, their best start since the 88-89 season. I mean, there's not much to complain about. I just really would like to see some more consistency. Because I said this uh, nearly a month ago by now, how, you know, we know this team can go on a run and can really kind of pull it out in the end. That's great, but there still needs to be some consistency in the shooting category. And they still won 53% from the field, which is fantastic, but you're not going to get 33 free throw attempts every single game. <laughs> I mean, both teams were ridiculous in the free throw line numbers, 22 for 28 for Wake Forest. Uh, Kevin Miller, he went 15 of 15 from the free throw line. He didn't miss a free throw and he took 15. That's incredible. He was through for 12 from the field, which isn't great. So 15 of his 21 points from the free throw line that is absurd but so yeah the pack 13 and 4 on the year now 5 and 1 in conference play just some other numbers because i didn't get to some other guys oh that's what it was i was trying to remember what i wanted to say dj horn 21 points three boards two assists two steals two birds nine for 19 from the field 0 for 4 from beyond if you're wondering why i said two birds it was pretty funny. I got to say, it was pretty funny. I saw the full clip. Honestly, I didn't notice it at first until I saw the clip where, you know, he goes and chest bumps. I think it was O'Connell. Honestly, I don't even remember. Um, but he goes in because I was just so focused on the after. <laughs> he does like a little chest bump with his teammate. And then the ref comes in and like says something to him. And as the ref is walking, because he got fouled, he's going to the line for a one and one As he's walking to the line, the ref turns his back and DJ Horn just... Gives him a little double bird. <laughs> At the time, it was hilarious. <laughs> now I know. Shouldn't do that. He since apologized for it, so he understands that he shouldn't do that. He got reprimanded by the NCAA. I don't really know what that entails. I don't know if that's going to come with a punishment uh, because I feel like they would have done something. They just kind of said, don't do it and like he knows that he's wrong it was just kind of it was like he tweeted immediately after like hey i was in the wrong i just got you know in the in the heat of the moment and you know emotions of the game and everything which is honestly understandable i think you're in the middle of a game you're you're in the middle of a very high intensity acc game 
he was just focused. He was locked in. And that was probably the first thing that came to his mind. He's thinking with his instincts and just doesn't want to second guess himself. He's probably still in that mode. And his first instinct was to <laughs> flip off the ref. <laughs> Again, in the moment, hilarious. He has apologized for it. So we're good. I, I, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, and he still had 21 points, and he was starting again. Played 30 minutes back in the starting lineup, which, like I said, I believe is the correct call. The only number that really surprised me from this game, and actually this will be the last thing I do uh, for this game, because, I mean, I just, I just keep remembering things. I keep seeing things, and I'm like, how did I not see that before? <laughs> um, only six total assists in this game as a team for NC State. Weird. Very low. Not a fan of that. Let's get those numbers up. And again, again, weird game, wild game, wacky game. What are you going to do? I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll get back to where it is. But next game for the Wolfpack will be this Saturday against at yeah, their home. Home against Virginia Tech at noon. Virginia Tech 2-3 and three in conference play. And 10 and 6 on the year. Not bad overall. Not too great in the conference. NC State currently second in conference play. Only team better, North Carolina. They are 5 and 0 in conference play. And then 13 and 3 uh, overall. And then Duke is right behind NC State for the conference. They're 13 and 3. And then 4 and 1 in conference play. It's, it's tight up there at the top. We're only half a game back in North Carolina. And then Duke and Florida State are a game back of North Carolina and half a game back of the Wolfpack. Like I said, you really just got to keep stringing along some wins. Um, still not in the updated bracketology. I don't know how accurate that is. Whatever. Just keep winning ball games. That's all you got to worry about. You got Virginia Tech, then Virginia on the 24th, Syracuse, Miami, Georgia Tech. You got Wake Forest again uh, February 10th. So that's, you know, <laughs> pretty soon, honestly. I think that's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's the first team we played twice. No, Virginia, Virginia. So, yeah, Virginia is the first team that we'll play twice, and then it will be Wake Forest. So, looking forward to the rematch. If it's anything like this first one, we're in for another good one. And as long as NC State pulls it out, I'm fine with it. Cool. Why not? Going to take a short break for a moment. Then when we come back, going to get into some basketball recruiting. And the NC State recruit that broke a state record. Welcome back in. Believe in the Wolfpack. Going to finish up with some quick basketball recruiting stuff. Just some, uh, even, going to first get to Paul McNeil Jr., the four-star in-state recruit for the Wolfpack. And then just some more general uh, basketball recruiting stuff. I feel like I've done football recruiting Damn near every two seconds. <laughs> Got to mix in some basketball being the prime time uh, for college basketball and even high school basketball. Um, but Paul McNeil Jr. scored 71 points in a game over Richmond County in a 118-52 to 52 win. 71 points is the state record he broke Bob Poole's record of 67 points 
That was set in 1950. <laughs> he broke a 74-year-old record and scored 71 points. And they even included his full line. He sat with three minutes left in the game. He could have went for more. And if I'm correct, once you get to a certain lead, they have a running clock for high school basketball. So he could have got more. <laughs> he sat the last three minutes, and they ran out of time, even when he was in. But his total line was 71 points, 16 rebounds, four assists, six steals, and two blocks. That's insane. <laughs> that is insane for a, oh my God, for a high school basketball game. That is unbelievable. Scoring 71 points. The 2024 recruit for the Wolfpack. That is unbelievable. <laughs> I just, I saw that headline and I'm like, what? <laughs> so, he is a four-star. I think he's a top 60 recruit in the in the class of 2024. I'm looking at it right now because I was looking at the 2024 class a bit earlier, just kind of going over. And then even I was uh, looking at the 2014 class. We'll get to some of those guys in a minute. Just a little 10-year difference. Uh, but Paul McNeil, he is the 62nd recruit in the class. He is 12th at his position, and he's labeled as the 7th best recruit in the state, even though I thought he was higher than that, but nah, what are you going to do? Uh, 6'6", 185, so yeah, credit to him, 71 points. If he can bring, you know, half of that <laughs> next year and then average it, <laughs> pretty good. But if he can bring half of that kind of scoring, I mean, that's that's unbelievable, so shout out to him, that is just awesome 71 points I can imagine that feeling you probably he probably thought he could close his eyes and throw up a shot and it's gonna go and he was probably trying to full court heave and it probably would have went in just one of those nights he just had it going already an incredible player and on top of just getting it having it going is unbelievable so good for him but like I said, some more general uh, basketball recruiting stuff Cooper flag if you haven't heard of Cooper flag by now, and you pay attention to college basketball or basketball in general. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, six foot nine, one ninety five, goes to Montverde. I think he's from what's he from? Rhode Island, Connecticut, Massachusetts, one of the New England states. Honestly, I forget. Um, committed to Duke, whatever. Uh, a perfect five star, one hundred rating on twenty four seven sports. He's going to be. Just another really annoying guy on Duke that you're gonna, everyone's gonna hate to watch and go up against. And he's probably gonna be very good, but whatever. What are you gonna do? Um, but I shouldn't say that. There's been plenty of top recruits that, uh, you know, they're not, they're not guarantees. He's still got to put in the work. He's still got to improve. He, you're, you're never perfect as a player, or you're never perfect in whatever profession. Like, I mean. Come on. So he's, but everything I've seen, I imagine that he's going to be unbelievably good. But, and then the second and third recruits in the country, both committed to Rutgers, Dylan Harper and Ace Bailey. Dylan Harper, 6'6 guard from Jersey, staying in, staying in state. And then Ace Bailey, the 6'8 small forward from Georgia, best player in the state, going up to Rutgers, teaming up with Dylan Harper. You have Drake Powell going to North Carolina, five-star. He's the best recruit in North Carolina. He will be going to 
UNC, whatever, lame. Uh, and then Trey Johnson, uh, Trey Johnson uh, in Texas, committed to Texas. He was the top recruit in this class for a long time. Six six guard. He was a top recruit for a few years, I think. I think it only recently changed with kind of the not really resurgence, but the uh can't think of the word right now. But with Cooper Flag, you know, really just coming out and making a name for himself, he really took over that number one spot. But even then the top the top spots are always fluid i think but i mean yeah actually looking at 2025 cameron boozer he was the top recruit for the longest time he's now second behind aj debansa so you never know i mean they're always moving around but i just remember trey johnson being the top recruit for 2024 pretty much every time i looked at recruiting but nah, what are you gonna do but like i said i want to look at the uh 2014 recruiting class just for a little 10-year difference you know the top recruit in the 2014 class was Emmanuel Moutier who committed to SMU (laughs) from Texas committed to SMU you don't see that much it's rare to see the number one recruit go to I mean really a non- major like the duke north carolina unc uh it's rare at this point happens almost or kentucky that's the one i was i couldn't think of like it it always always happens now which actually you know carl anthony towns being the second recruit in this class makes my point he committed to kentucky obviously carl anthony towns now all-star in the nba emmanuel moutier role player and whatnot stanley johnson was third Cliff Alexander, he was fourth, and Kelly Oubre was fifth in this class. There's a ton of perfect recruits, according to 24-7 Sports, in this class. There's seven five-star, 100-rated players. So you have the top five that I just named, and then six and seven. Number six is Joel Okafor, obviously went to Duke, and then Miles Turner, who went to Texas. Both of them were five stars and also uh, perfect 100 ratings. And then you had Tyus Jones right behind Miles. Miles Turner committed to Duke. Justin Jackson, North Carolina, Isaiah Whitehead, uh, Kevon Looney. Like Just looking at some of these guys, Justice Winslow, seeing some of these guys now compared to, you know, kind of where they are now. And then even then you have some guys that, you know, you don't really, not too sure where they are now. Uh, You do have Devin Booker. Devin Booker was 22nd in this class he was still a, a five-star recruit although being 22nd DeMontis Sabonis he was in this class he was a five-star D'Angelo Russell uh, uh oh Melo Trimble I remember him <laughs> I don't I don't think he's uh, Grayson Allen too oh my god yeah forgot about honestly sometimes I forget about the Grayson Allen Duke era and I'd like to keep it that way my god was he annoying just one of those Another perfect player for Duke, another Leitner, another J.J. Redick. Who knows, maybe Cooper Flag is the next one. Just <laughs> just that really annoying white boy that just gets on everybody's nerves no matter what. Maybe he won't be like Grayson Allen where he's like tripping people and whatnot, but nah, who knows. I think Kyle Kuzma was in this class too. 
and I think he was, I think he was only like a three star or a lower four star recruit. Jordan Bell, he was here, and Caleb Martin, obviously, he was here. He was a four star. He's the sixty eighth uh, recruit in this class, so almost like Paul McNeil. McNeil was sixty second. Caleb Martin, sixty eighth, and also a four star. Not bad, <laughs> not bad at all. But like I said wrap up the episode just wanted to close it out with just you know a little trip down memory lane all those years ago when some of those guys are now nba all-stars and all nba guys and they were just coming out of high school this time 10 years ago uh but next game for the men's wolf pack this saturday at noon they're taking on virginia tech hopefully they can uh help out the women's team get somewhat of a a redemption for them avenge them after they lost to virginia tech earlier last last week honestly time flies uh but the next game for the women's team is yeah so it is the 18th so it is well by the time you're listening to this uh it'll be tonight at six o'clock taking on miami hoping they just get back on another big winning streak started with one like i said lost to virginia tech And as of right now, their next ranked matchup isn't until North Carolina, which will be February 1st. But honestly, the ACC is really turning out to be a very good conference for women's basketball. You have North Carolina at 23rd, Louisville at 13, Virginia Tech at 14, Notre Dame's 19th, uh, and then Florida State. Florida State, I think, is what, 12th now? Yeah, I think they're 12th or 15th. It might be 15th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they are 15th now, Florida State. So, yeah, it's just a whole lot of good competition. Got a long road ahead of us before March Madness. But for now, thank you for joining me on another episode of Believe in the Wolfpack, and we'll see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.